You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thank be, be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And that's what these podcasts are about, assisting us in winning in life. I want to welcome you. I want you to tag a friend, let them know that we're alive. And remember, you can also get the audio of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. I got my iPad here so you can send me questions at the end of the podcast teaching. I'm going to answer any questions or share any comments that you send me, and I appreciate your participation. Now, I've decided to do something different on the podcast. Michael and my son are co-teaching on a series, Not From Around Here not from around here. And I decided because this series is so important and so foundational that I we would teach on Sundays and then on my podcast, I would go back over what we had taught on Sundays. Now you may say, well, I heard it Sunday. Well, let me share this with you. Faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. You see, listen at this. Meditation is the key to revelation, and revelation is the key to manifestation. So the Bible tells us to meditate, and a part of meditating is repetitions. I've learned that really I get on the inside of me what I hear repetitiously. For example, uh, at least every week I listen to a, a, a teaching on healing because we're in a pandemic, so I want to keep my faith strong. But I'll listen to the same the same lesson on healing, the same sermon. Uh, every week I hear the same sermon. I did the same thing with prosperity. I listened to one teaching, one lesson, 354 days uh, to get it down on the inside of me. So repetition is a part of it. You have to personalize what you hear, but you have to hear it and hear it and hear it. So we're actually teaching the same thing. Now, we're talking about not from around here. Our theme is the kingdom of God concept and bringing the kingdom, bringing heaven to the earth. In lesson one, we talked about heaven on planet Earth, and we answered three questions. Number one, what is a kingdom? Number two, how many kingdoms are there operating in the Earth today? And then number three, we began to introduce what is the kingdom of God. Now, this is lesson two, and each one of these lessons, we have a subtopic. And so today, our subtopic is heaven's motives. Heaven's motive. Motive has to do with the why question. So we're going to be answering two basic questions today. And, and listen, I'm excited. I'm excited by doing this on the podcast because you have an opportunity to ask questions. You have an opportunity to say, I didn't understand that, or I don't understand that, or can you give me clarity on this? And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to answer two basic questions. Number one, why did God create the earth? 
And then number two, why did God create man? Now remember, purpose is important. In our first series, Understanding the Power of Our Purpose and Potential in Life, we learn that until we fulfill and execute purpose, we will never enjoy true fulfillment in life. So why did God create the earth? We need to know the purpose. Why did God create man? We need to, to know God's purpose so that we can work with him in partnership with him to bring his purpose to pass. So in each one of these questions, I'm going to give you the answer up front. I'll give you the answer up front, and then I'm going to give definitions. You know we like definitions because definitions get us on the same page. And then I'm going to give you a few principles, a few concepts, and then I'll give you an analogy. I'll give you an illustration. Now, remember, the definitions and the concepts and the principles will be practicalized through the analogy. The analogy is going to lead us to the spiritual revelation that God wants us to have. So why did God create the earth? That's the number one question. Why did God create planet earth? Here's the answer. God's original purpose for creating the earth was to bring heaven to earth or extend his rule and his heavenly kingdom to the earth through the principle of colonization. I want to say that again. God's original purpose for creating the earth was to bring heaven to the earth, to extend his rule and his heavenly kingdom through the principle of colonization. Now, let's, let's look at our terms. But first, I want to say this, that heaven is God's original kingdom. Now, remember what Jesus said in John 18, verse 36, in both the NIV and the New Living Translation. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. He said, my kingdom, watch this now, is from another place. And you'll note this, that everywhere in the scripture where it talks about the heaven and the earth, heaven is always mentioned first. Genesis 1, it talks about God created the heaven and the earth. Heaven is mentioned first. Over in Psalms 115, it talks about how God made heaven and earth. Heaven is mentioned first. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught his disciples to pray that God's will in heaven would be done in the earth. Heaven is always mentioned first. Colossians chapter 1, it talks about the fact that all things were created by him and for him. And it mentions heaven and earth. So heaven is God's original kingdom. And God wanted to extend his kingdom, his rule, his influence 
through colonization. So what is colonization? Colonization is a process whereby a ruler or government determines to extend his or her kingdom influence a will into a distant territory or colony. In other words, when you, you look at this definition, I'll give it to you again. Colonization is a process whereby a ruler or a government determines to extend his or her kingdom, influence, and will into a distant territory that we call or we will call a colony. So there are two things. Now we, we're going to work our way to the, to the analogy and then the spiritual truth. But we see two things from this definition of colonization, and that is this. The greatness of a king and the glory of a kingdom is determined by the size of the king's territory. The greatness of a king and the glory of his territory is determined by the size of the territory. So kings historically wanted to expand or extend their territory. The, the greatness of the territory communicated the greatness of the king and the glory of the kingdom. But secondly, in this definition of colonization, I want you to see that this ruler or this government that determined to extend his or her influence really wanted the colony to be a replica of the home government. The colony was an extension of the kingdom. The king or the ruler wanted the colony to be a replica of the home government. Now let's look at colony. What is a colony? A colony is a group of citizens established in a foreign territory to influence that territory, that foreign territory, with the culture and the values of the home government. Now that's, that's so powerful. And remember, we're going to move from the natural to the spiritual. For a colony is a group of citizens established in a foreign territory, and they have been established in that territory, that foreign territory, to, watch this, to influence that territory with the values and the culture of the home government. Now, let's, let's use a natural analogy, and then we'll move to the spiritual truth. Let's talk for a moment about the origin and the history of the United States of America. You have to understand that the United States of America did not begin, begin as the United States of America. It began through colonization. In other words, Queen Elizabeth I and the government of Great Britain wanted to extend Great Britain's influence, Great Britain's land, Great Britain's trade, 
Great Britain's revenue. So the queen and the government decided to establish 13 colonies in the Americas. Now, this is thousands of miles away. It's a foreign territory, but Great Britain wanted to extend, expand its influence, its trade, its revenue, its land. So Great Britain transported citizens from Europe to the Americas. In fact, history tells us that by 1750, two, no less than two million Europeans had been transported and were living in these 13 colonies. Now, they, Great Britain transported people, they transported resources, they transported material, but that was not the end game. The end game is that they wanted these 13 colonies to be a replica of Great Britain. A replica. That's a copy. They wanted the 13 colonists to be a copy in a, on a smaller scale of this great country, Great Britain. They wanted, Great Britain and the Queen wanted to transport, now listen, the laws, the values, the cultures, the lifestyle, and even the dress. In other words, they wanted these 13 colonists to look just like Great Britain. The laws that govern Great Britain were going to govern these 13 colonists. The values that were embraced by Great Britain, they wanted these values to be embraced by these 13 colonies. The culture of Great Britain, they wanted that culture to be in these 13 colonies. The lifestyle of Great Britain, they wanted to be in these 13 colonies. In other words, when you looked at these 13 colonies, you would see what Great Britain was like. They never intended, this is so very important, they never intended to send these people, these resources and all this to these 13 colonies for them to be independent. No, the, the Revolutionary War was about independence. It was the 13 colonies that decided, we don't want to be governed by Great Britain. We don't want to be governed by their laws. We don't be, want to be taxed by them. We don't want to be governed by that church religion. We want our independence. So uh, these 13 colonists in July the 4th, 1776 declared what we call independence. The day we uh, celebrate as the 4th of July Independence Day was really a revolt against Great Britain. So what does this have to do with why God created the earth? Now you have to take the illustration that I gave you and rather than thinking about Queen Elizabeth and Great Britain, think about the Father in heaven, the Father God and heaven. He has his influence, the Father God has his total influence of heaven, 
The laws of God are governing heaven. The culture of God is governing heaven. The values of God are governing heaven. But God the Father wanted to extend his kingdom, heaven, to the earth. So he transported you and I, because the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, in the New Living Translation and the New King James Translation, that you and I, Christians, believers, we're citizens of heaven. So God wanted to extend his government, his rule, his culture, his values that were in heaven to the earth. So God wanted the earth to be a colony of heaven. He wanted the earth to be a replica of heaven. The laws that govern heaven, he wanted to govern the earth. The culture of heaven, he wanted to be the culture of earth. The lifestyle of heaven, he wanted to be the lifestyle of earth. God never intended for there to be independence in the earth. The earth was to be a replica. God wanted the earth to be a replica of heaven. That was his purpose. He wanted the earth to be just like heaven. Now, when we get to next week and we start talking about how God's plan was delayed, and how uh, there was a shift in the kingdom and Satan took over through man's rebellion, it will answer a lot of the questions of why is so much trouble happening in the earth? Why we have so much sadness, so much sin? Why, why isn't God just changing things and coming in? No, we're going to see, secondly, why? First, the earth is not the way God intended for it to be. God intended for the earth to be like heaven, okay? Sin came in and distorted the earth and flipped it over. So now let's talk about why God created man. God created man for three, a threefold purpose. He created man for relationship. He created man for rulership, and he created man for dominion. Relationship, rulership, and, and leadership. Now, let's talk about uh, relationship. In heaven, God the Father had all these servants that we call angels. They worshiped him. They served him. But God didn't just want servants. He wanted a royal family. He wanted someone who could relate to him on his level. So he created man. And the Bible says in Genesis 1:26 in the Amplified Bible, God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image. Now, what does image mean? It means resemblance. He said, I'm going to make man to resemble me. Now, what does God look like? The Bible says in John 4, 24, that God is a spirit. 
So the Bible, when we go back to Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says that God formed man from the dust of the earth. That was his body. And the Bible says God breathed into that body the breath of life. He breathed into that body a part of him, spirit. He breathed spirit into that man, and that man became a spirit being. And then the Bible says the man became a living soul. That's his personality, his mind, his emotions, and his will. So we see that man is a spirit being. He lives in a body and he has a soul, but God created man in his image so that man could relate on his level. So when we talk about image, we're talking about man is a spirit being like God is a spirit being. So now man can have relationship with God on a spiritual level. Now, when we talk about relationship, there are three practical keys to relationship. I got a comment that's coming in. Keep sending your comments, send your questions. Don't matter. You can disagree. You can agree, whatever you want. But I, I got a comment. Continue to send your comments in, your questions in. Now, let's look at the three practical keys and I want to try to navigate through this because I want to have time at the end to be able to answer any of your questions. When we talk about relationship, that's priority number one. Rulership is second. Leadership is third. The order is very important. God created us, man, first for relationship. And there are three practical keys to relationship. Number one, intentionality. Number two, intimacy. And number three, mutuality. Let's talk about intentionality. Intentionality involves two things, attention and support. Attention and support. Now we see God wanting a relationship with Adam and Eve. And the Bible says he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. Notice God did not just sit in heaven distant from man in the earth and try to establish a relationship. No, he came to man. He engaged man because you cannot have a relationship with anyone that you don't give attention to. You have to spend time with that person. You have to share with that person. And, and many people in the natural, they want to have a relationship, but they don't give attention to the relationship. There's no quality time spent. It's true with God. You can't have a relationship with God if you don't give attention to it. You don't spend any time with God. But we also see, secondly, that this intentionality involves support. We see God supporting this man. He first give him, he gives him a home, the Garden of Eden. Secondly, he, he gives him uh, support in the development of his intellect. He brought all the animals to him to see what Adam would name them. Why? Because he wanted him to develop. He wanted him to develop his intellect. And then he brought him a partner. He brought him a wife. So God is supporting. So in order to have a relationship, there has to be some support. You, you've got to support that person. You support that person's plans, that person's development, that person's growth. There has to be some intentionality which involves attention and support. 
But the third, second practical key to the development of any healthy relationship is intimacy. Intimacy involves closeness and exclusivity. Closeness and exclusivity. Now, closeness is simply that intimate sharing of your feelings, your thoughts, and your experiences on a level with an individual that you don't share with everybody. In other words, you can't be intimate with everybody. Uh, I'm intimate with my wife. We've been married for 43 years. She's intimate with me. We share things with each other that we won't share with anyone else. We share our feelings. I can share my feelings with my wife. And I, I, some of those feelings I will never share with any other person. We're intimately sexually. We have a physical relationship, too. And see, I can't have an intimate physical relationship with her if I'm sleeping around with everybody else. Because there has to be some exclusivity if we're going to have this relationship. So this intimate relationship has to have honesty, it has to have trust, it has to have protection. If I'm running around with all kinds of women, sleeping and and engaging all kinds of women, my wife is not going to trust me. Because I'm not, I'm not protecting the relationship. I'm not protecting her. I'm not developing trust. It's the same with God. God wants intimacy with her, us. He wants to share. He wants us to share our feelings, our thoughts, our experiences. But guess what? God wants to share with us his feelings, his thoughts, and his experiences. The Bible says the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, those who reverence him. But at the same time, it has to, if we're going to be close to God, it has to be an exclusive relationship. We can't have intimacy with God and we're sleeping with the devil. How can we have intimacy with God and we got this closeness with the enemy, this closeness with Satan, this, this fellowship with demons? We cannot have intimacy with God. And then thirdly, there must, in any relationship, there has to be mutuality. Mutuality simply means reciprocity. There's a give and there's a receive. You give and you receive. You give and you receive. It can't be one-sided. It can't be. You, you see, God gave to Adam, gave him a job, gave him a home, God gave him a partner, God God was invested in that relationship. But God expected Adam to give too, if it's going to be a relationship. It can't be one-sided. You know, my, my kids are adult. My son Michael and Tiffany are adults. But when they were kids, we talk about relationship, and this is something that you have to pursue a relationship with God. That's a part of why he created you, not for you to spend all your time developing relationship with others. He wants relationship. When my kids were small, Michael and Tiffany, it was pretty much one-sided because that's the nature of kids. They expect us, they want us to give, they want us to support, they want us to protect. And it's kind of like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, take care of me. I need this, I need this, I need this. And that's all right, because every good parent wants to supply the needs of their kids. 
But on the other hand, as they grow up, we don't want it to be one-sided. We want partnership. We want to get support from them. And support may be finances if they got it, but it may not be money. It may be encouragement. It may be sharing what they know. It may be helping us. Now, for example, you know, I gained a little weight during the pandemic, you know, pandemic weight. And, I, you know, I got up. I weighed more than I ever weighed. So I wanted to lose some weight. Well, my daughter Tiffany is into that weight loss and health and nutrition and, and all that. She got her own podcast and all that. So I was talking to her and she gave me some insights. She gave me some tips on my diet and my exercise and all this. And it helped me. In fact, I lost 16 pounds. Just listen to her. That was partnership. That wasn't me just giving to her. She was giving something to me. She was helping me. My son and I, we co-teach. We teach these lessons together. When he's teaching in Columbus, I'm in Birmingham teaching the same lesson. When he, he's in Birmingham, I'm in Columbus teaching the same lesson. And we talk about it. Notice, he's an adult. He's helping me. He's supporting me. You don't want when your kids get grown, it has to be you always helping them. No, they're helping me. And then this technology thing, they're in a whole different generation. Sometimes I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to work this computer. I don't know how to do this. And they'll help me. And they're glad to help me. Well, what am I saying? I'm saying a relationship with God uh, it has to involve mutuality. It can't be God bless me, God protect me, God heal me, God deliver me. Every message can't be that. Listen at this. For six months, almost six months, I talked about prosperity. Why? Because God wants to prosper us. He wants to bless us. Well, I'm not talking about prosperity right now. I'm not talking about what you need as a Christian, what you got to have, God protecting you. No, I'm talking about God's plan. I'm talking about his purpose, things he wants to do. And we, we can't just want to hear a message that deal with us. That's immaturity. Bless me. I don't like that message. I need to hear about how I can get out of this and how I can do this. No, no, no. That's immaturity. When everything has to be about blessing you and helping you, then it's immaturity. We're talking about, okay, how can you as a Christian help God to carry out his plan? How can you support him? How can you know his plan is to bring heaven to the earth? You know his plan is to have a relationship. So now how can I help God? How can I help him bring his values and his purpose and his plan and his will? Now, that's mutuality. It's not just God helping us. How can we help God? And to help him, we got to know his purpose. So his purpose, number one for creating man, was relationship. So here's something. And I see we got another comment. Thank you. And this, this relationship thing is so big. Yeah, I'm, I'm rushing because I want to I wanna get through because I want you to be, I want to answer your questions. I got another comment. Send me your questions, your comments. So now since I know God wants relationship, you know, my prayer days, you know, I could spend hours in prayer, my prayer days, but I don't start off just praying petition prayers or intercession. No, I go in it 
with thanksgiving. God, I love you. I may spend just 30 minutes. Now, I know you may not have 30 minutes, but you got to prioritize your relationship with God. God, I love you. Father, you're so good. And sometimes I go through everything he blessed me with. Thank you for spiritual life. I thank you for being my daddy. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my kids. I thank you for my house. I thank you for the cars. I thank you for the money we got in the bank. I thank you for my church. I thank you for my church. I go through all that. And I worship Jesus and I thank you for coming. I thank you for dying. I thank you for saving me. I love you, Jesus. You're just so wonderful. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're the head of the church. I submit to you. I love you. I'm so thankful to be a part of you. You're just so wonderful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm spending this time because it's a relationship. I can't be just asking for stuff all the time. Give me this. Give me that. Help me with this. No, he's a person. He's a person and you should tell him how much you love him and how how wonderful he is. That will help you to develop your relationship. Now, there's some other things, but that's very important. Well, the second purpose is rulership. Rulership. The, the Bible says in Genesis 1, 26, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image. That's resemblance. He made a spirit so we'd be like him. But then he said two other things, according to our likeness and let them have dominion. Now that's, he's talking about rulership there. He said, I want to make man after our likeness and I want them to have dominion. So let's look at those two words. Likeness means to be like. Likeness means to act like, to model a pattern. You model the pattern. So God is saying, listen, I've ruled, I ruled the heaven. The Bible says that God is Lord over the heaven. It says that he's giving the earth to the children of men. So here's our great father. He said, listen, I want to make sons and daughters who rule just like me. The same way I rule the heaven, I want them to rule the earth. I want them to be like me. And he said, I want them to have dominion. Now, dominion means to rule over and to prevail against. He said, anything, anyone that comes against my plan and my will for their lives and my purpose, I want them to prevail over it. I want them to stop it. I want them to bring it under control. I want them to subjugate and bring into subjection anything that comes against our plan. I want them to rule like me, and I want them to have dominion. Now, listen at this. So rulership simply means that God created man to operate as a king over the earth under the king of kings. So he's the king of kings. And Jesus says, I want my sons and daughters to be kings over the earth. So that tells us now that there are some things that go on in the earth. God is not going to stop it because he wants us to stop it. There are some things that he wants to happen in the earth and God's not going to cause it. He wants us to cause it. He wants us to exercise dominion. That's rulership. He wants us to be in control. He wants us to rule. So we're praying to God by things that he wants us to take care of. See, if I give you the keys, if I give my son and daughter the keys to the house, 
and, and Pete and I, my, my wife's nickname is Pete, and she goes off, uh, we go off somewhere, and they got the key to the house, and I'm telling them, you take care of the house, we're, we're going on vacation. Well, I expect them to take care of the house. So anything that happens, anybody that's trying to do anything, they're in charge. You see, we're in charge, and that dominion, should be both spiritual and natural. We're to exercise domain, we're to dominate Satan and demons and sickness and satanic works and everything. We're to dominate it. We're to dominate. But it's natural. Think about it. In the area of science and medicine, man now has the potential to separate co-joined twins. Sometimes uh, twins are born connected to each other. I was reading about uh, two uh, them twins. They were, they were actually born with their hips and, and the back of their head connected to each other. And through science and medicine, they were able to, to go in and separate those twins and they got a chance to saw each other face to face for the first time. That's dominion. Dominion, to, to be able to place a person in a rocket ship and through the laws of engineering and physics can take a man to the moon and then bring him back. That's dominion. Think about it. I'm speaking now in Birmingham, looking into a camera in Alabama, and yet some of you are hearing me in different states. You're hearing me possibly in, in different countries. That's technology. That's a form of dominion. We're supposed to dominate our world. So if there's anything happening in your life, God has called you to rule over it, rule over your home. Christians shouldn't be walking around talking about the devil is in my house, the devil taking over my house. Well, stop the devil. Plead the blood. Command the devil to leave. You're supposed to rule over your environment, over your world. And then thirdly, now the order is important, relationship. Then we're to rule our environment, and then we're to lead. Now, leadership simply means we're going to oversee. We know his purpose, bring heaven to the earth. Bring the values of heaven, the culture of heaven into the earth. We know that. So now we're to be leaders and actually causing this to happen to release this plan. Now, I know you're thinking, well, how am I going to do that? Well, you know, we can't tell you all at one, one setting. So we're laying the foundation. We want you to know you're responsible to lead. You say, well, why should I lead? Why should I lead? Because you're citizens of heaven. The world cannot lead and bring in heaven to the earth because ungodly people are in the kingdom of darkness. Their assignment is to facilitate the culture and the values of Satan, that's the job of the unsaved person. That's what Satan has assigned him, them to do, even if they don't know it. Their job is to expand his kingdom. So they can't expand God's kingdom. We Christians are citizens of heaven, so we have to lead and bring in the culture and the values of heaven. And the will of God in heaven is our job to lead in bringing it into the earth. Now, what that entails, though, we first 
have to understand the culture of heaven, and we're going to talk about that in our next series. We also have to also understand and embrace the values of heaven, and we're going to talk about that in a series. We're going to also have to know something about the power of heaven, and we're going to do that in a series, and the authority of heaven. We're going to do that in a series, and then we have to embrace it and lead in causing it to be done in the earth. We have to do it. Now, listen, listen, listen. As I close, and I, I got, I see I got two, two questions, and I got some comments. Keep sending your questions. Keep sending your comments. I'm just about finished in this. Okay, now, if you and I, who the Bible says we're kingdom citizens. We're, we're citizens of heaven. We are born from above. We're not from around here. But if we're embracing the culture and the values and the lifestyle of the kingdom of darkness, we're not going to be able to leave anything. And we, and fortunately, we're going to die and go to heaven. We're going to die and go to heaven because we receive Jesus. But we're not going to fulfill our assignment. Now listen to me as I close. Listen to me as I close. Our assignment is not to get to heaven. That's not our assignment, to get to heaven. I'm trying to get to heaven. No, if you receive Christ, that's already a done deal. The moment you die, to be absent from the body, you're going to be present with the Lord. To be absent from the body, you're going to be present with the Lord. That's not our assignment, to get to heaven. Our assignment is to bring heaven to the earth. And after all, heaven is going to be a temporary place for the Christian. A lot of people say, well, we're going to spend forever in heaven. No, we're not. God created the earth for man. The Bible says he gave that. So we're going to go to heaven. We're going to spend some time. We're going to go before the judgment seat of Christ, get rewards and do all that kind of stuff and enjoy all this wonderful stuff in heaven. But then the Bible said there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and, and that heaven is going to come down fully manifested in the earth. And we're going to live in the earth throughout all eternity, not in heaven. So God's purpose was not to get us to heaven. God's purpose was to make earth a colony of heaven. He wanted heaven to come to the earth. So rather than us trying to get to heaven, we should be trying to bring heaven to the earth. I hope you're getting what I'm saying here. But I'm going to stop here. And remember, in our next lesson, in our next lesson, and it's going to be good, we're going to talk about heaven's departure. We're going to talk about when man declared their independence. I don't want God ruling me. I don't want, I want my own laws. I want my, and we're going to see how man's rebellion Desire for independence gave Satan right the right to flip the strip. So rather than having God's kingdom, he set up a counterfeit kingdom. And we're going to talk about that in our next lesson. Now, I got some questions and I want uh, to answer, look, give your comments and answer your questions. Uh, first comment, and you, I still got time to send them in. Still got time to send them in. First comment, this is such a blessing and excellent teaching. We're so blessed to have you, Pastor Mike. Thank you so very much. That's so encouraging. I received that. 
my desire, the Spirit of God's desire, is to be a blessing to you. And I think this is very important information. I think this is critical. If we don't know this, we can live all our life, die, go to heaven, and never fulfill God's purpose in the earth. Comment. Thank God for these reviews on Tuesday. They are much needed because sometimes we don't get the full precept of what we hear for the first time. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. And, And I appreciate you for that comment because... You know, sometimes as Christians, we kind of like kids. Kids' attention span is not very long. You know, I I have had kids, Mike and Tiffany, they were kids at one time, and I got three beautiful uh, grandbabies now, girls, and and they're six and four and two, and their attention span is not very long. You know, Margot, a middle child, she had a birthday Sunday, and, you know, she was excited about certain dolls she wanted. She got those dolls, and she went from one to the other and one to the other, and... You know, their attention span is not that long. So you can you can buy a whole lot of toys for kids. They'll play with them toys for a minute, but then they want to do something else. And that's the way some Christians are. Some Christians, they don't want to hear the same thing. You know, I heard that. Yeah, I want something new. I want to hear something new. And a lot of times we don't really get what we've heard. So repetition, and I'm so glad you see the importance of the repetition, is so very important. I was really led to do this. So you have the opportunity to be able to engage. You will have the opportunity to be able to ask questions, and we'll get to you. We'll answer some of your questions. Here's a question. Hey, Pastor Mike, thank you. I was thinking, does Chick-fil-A franchises resemble the owner's rulership? like the 13 colonists. Now, that's a good, that's a great question. And I would say yes. I would I would say yes. Oh, that's, you know, when I get a question like that, then I know you you getting this. You got it. You, 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 listen, I can, that bless, that question blesses me because I can tell you got it. Okay, now, uh, I think his name Kathy. I think that's the owner who, who you know, and he had these, he had the, this vision of chicken and getting chicken, but he had a, a vision that it was to be Christian-based, and he had a desire for a certain culture and certain values to be transmitted to the employees. And it's a classic illustration of colonization. You have uh, Mr. Kathy, who has a vision, and he wants to extend this, this vision, these values, these culture, these, this culture, Uh, He wanted to extend it through franchises. These franchises are colonies. He wanted these franchises to be a replica of his vision, his plan, his values. And that's why, think about it, all these Chick-fil-A's on Sundays, they close. All the other restaurants most of them are open on Sundays. You can't go to a Chick-fil-A because it's a replica. It, 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 it represents his values. He believed 
that his employees needed to have time to worship God. He, he was a Christian. He wanted them to have a, a break, a Sabbath. They, he wanted them to have an opportunity to worship God. So he's honoring God, and so the franchises are not open because that's his vision. And that's exactly what we're doing. That's exactly what I'm talking about. God had a business in heaven. He wanted to extend his business through what we call in colonies or franchises in the earth. And he wanted the earth to embrace his values and his behavior and his lifestyle and his culture. And you're absolutely 100%. If people can, I should have used that. I wish I'd have had, uh, man, I tell you, you should have gave me that question before I preached because I could have, I could have preached this Sunday and it may have helped people to get the idea of it because you're absolutely right. These, these franchises are nothing more than colonies. They exist to, to facilitate the owner's vision, his cultures, his values. That is wonderful. Thank you for that question. And you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Here's another question. I have figured the what I can do now to be an intercessor. I will pray in the spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to work through my prayers. Is there anything else that can be done with limited reach and unmanifested abilities? This is for us that are our works in progress. Okay, wonderful. Okay, that's good. Okay, watch this, watch this. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Okay, oh my goodness. I have figured the what I can do now is to be an intercessor. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Listen, if you only did that, now we're going to show you some other things. We're going to show you some other things. And I'll talk about that in a second. But I discovered that intercession is one of the most important things I can do as a pastor intercession, not counseling. Counseling is important. Uh, not strategy. Strategy is very important. Not training. Training is very important. But me, as the leader of the church or organization, the most important thing I can do is intercession and pray. Because this is a spiritual thing. It's just not natural. It's a spiritual thing. So I'm praying and you can be praying for me. You can be praying for uh, Michael K. You can be praying for us that the word have recourse, that we be able to deliver this teaching to the body of Christ, to our members. You can pray for us. You can pray for the church, that the church, that the members of our church will be able to get it, that they will position themselves to hear it. Because Satan is going to try to keep them from hearing it. Satan is going to try to keep the word from going forth. But you can be praying. You can pray for our production and, and our worship ministry. And because, see, think about it. If we have some problems in production, that hinders the word from going forth. But your prayers can, can free up all that. Intercession is really 
a beautiful thing. That's why God said, now listen what he said. Jesus taught his disciples, pray that God's will be done as it is in heaven and the earth. He said prayer. See, prayer is a part of God's plan getting into the earth and people receiving it, people walking it out. That's one of the best things you can do is take these sermons after I preach it, before I preach it, and still bring it back to God. God, I pray that they hear it. I pray that they receive it. I, I bind Satan over their lives. We will walk in this. The church will walk in this. I pray that the body of Christ hear this. Intercession is very powerful. So do that. You say other other things. My next series is called The Culture of Heaven, Already Planted. It's going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. As we walk in the fruit of the Spirit, because the fruit of the Spirit is the character of Jesus, we will be reflecting the King's character in the earth. And then we're going to talk about some other things, some values and stuff like that. So right now, the Holy Spirit will give you ideas. He'll give you ideas. And the first one he gave you is intercession. Great. He may be giving other folk other ideas, but remember, these series are designed, you know, I said this early, this is the foundation. This series, these five lessons, just the foundation. Every series after that is going to be the infrastructure. It's going to be the superstructure, not the infrastructure, but the superstructure of the building that we're building, and we're building you. So, great question. You'll own it. You'll own it. And all of us is a work in progress. Here's another question. How do you decipher if God is telling you to believe in restoration or move forward with new opportunities when both decisions are presented to you? Well, you, you, know, the, you know, the bottom line on it is you have to prioritize something. You have to prioritize something. Um... You know, when you when you talk about believing in restoration or moving forward, I I think, I think, I think this could be, but it may not be related to what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay, for example, let's let's say, and, and you have to give me another comment to help me out with your question. Let's say for you, restoration is your marriage. I mean, you want just your marriage restored or you want this relationship restored, okay? But you're trying to decide whether I hang in there and try to develop this or do I move forward? I let this go and move forward. Now, that, if that's what you're talking about, then I would suggest that you... A set up counseling with one of our ministers. We got full-time counselors. I think that's important now. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that because we got full-time ministers who will sit down and you can walk them through the restoration and all that because that's important. That's not what I'm talking about. That's, that's about you. That's about what's going on in your life. Right now, I am talking about how do we get the kingdom in the earth? 
Now, what you're talking about is important, so I'm not downplaying that. And I'm telling you, you can get some counsel today. You don't have to wait. You can get some counsel, and, and we'll have somebody talk to you. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the restoration of our lives. I'm not talking about the healing of our lives. I'm not talking about the prosperity of our lives. I'm talking about partnership with God, and I'm talking about bringing the kingdom to the earth. Now, technically, what you should do, if, if, I'm, if I'm in sync with what you talk about restoration or moving forward, then you get the counsel and, get, and, and work on your marriage or work on your relationship. I'm not saying don't work on it. But the key to God getting involved in a lot of things is to seek first his kingdom. Right now, I'm not talking about our kingdom. I'm talking about his kingdom. His kingdom. I got stuff on marriage. I got stuff on relationships. Nothing wrong with you listening to that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm trying to move us from me to him. The kingdom of darkness is egocentric. It's about us. It's about us. The kingdom of God is God-centered what he wants, what is he planning. Now, here's what the scripture says, that if we seek first his kingdom, then all these things will be added to us. Now, you can let me know if I'm off basis. Maybe I'm not answering it, but you can, you can, you can give me some feedback on that. Uh, next question. How do you, okay, I, I, I got that one. Um, uh, Okay, I got that. Okay, I got one comment, one comment. I'm here for all of it each and every time. Repetition is the key to getting it, it, in my opinion. Thank you for following the urging of the Holy Spirit for these encore teachings. Amen. It, it, yeah, it is the key to getting it. It's the repetition of it. It's, it's constantly hearing. Think about it. Sunday, I preached twice. I heard it both times. I heard it before I preached it because I preached it to myself. So I heard it before I preached it. Preached it two times, I'm hearing it again. And every time I hear it, I hear something else. I see something else. And then it, it's becoming a part of me. You know, I have a very close friend, and, and we talk from time to time. And she was talking about how much of a blessing this is. And, and she's watching online right now. And she says she'll, she'll listen to the first service and then she'll listen to the second service. She says sometimes it come out a little different at the second service. Well, that's a person that understands hearing it more than one time. You don't get some just because you hear it one time. Now, you hear it. You may like it. You may understand it, but that doesn't mean you have the revelation of it. It just means that you heard it. You know, it, it, it's something about things that your parents said over and over and over and over again that really became a part of you. It's not the things they said every now and then. If they said, my, my mom used to say, you know, she talked about the stealing. I know, she talked, she drilled that at me, we don't steal. We, we don't steal. Rambling, <laughs> rambling with other words, walking through the house, picking up stuff. So I knew um, when I go in stores as a kid, I can be just picking up this, picking up this, picking up this. She said, we ain't and that, listen, it just became a part, it just became a part of me. You know, take off them school clothes. <laughs> listen, to this day, 
<laughs> I wear certain clothes to church, and then I change my clothes when I get to church. And then when I get ready to go home, I change, I get out of my church clothes. I mean, it just became a part of me, you know? It's just, a, you know, a part of me, you know? And it's what you hear and hear and hear that becomes a part of you. Thank you so very much. Uh, I'm enjoying you. I thank you for your participation. I want you to go back and listen to these lessons, but I want you to share it. It's simple. Every time I teach this, I'll go to my uh, Facebook page and I'll put it on my Facebook page. Put it on your Facebook page. Share the information with somebody else and help us to get it out. Amen. I love you. I look forward to seeing you uh, next time.